Reading in Church, a proud partner with Audible.com. Previously on Reading in Church and Other Distractions. If you ask, you know, what's the psalm about? Well, there's uh, the part about don't let me be put to shame. There's the part about making sure the other people are put to shame uh, with the enemies. But make sure and teach me, too. And don't you forget to be good, oh God. Um, mm-hmm. And don't remember that I've been bad. And uh, teach me and your faithfulness and steadfast. Thank I bet you, God. someone called upon the psalmist <laughs> to close in prayer, and he wasn't ready. He was just—he was, he was he's all just going, over. He is going all over. I mean, and God, we just remember your upright ways, and Lord, <laughs> and do not let the enemies exalt over us. Uh, don't put us to Father, shame, and put them, and put them to shame, and don't just, you be put to yes. shame. Those of us who wait for your and lack did of I mention shame. your decrees, O oh Lord? <laughs> teach us, O oh Lord. <laughs> Welcome to. Reading in Church and Other Distractions with Rob and Mike. Well, welcome back to Reading in Church and Other Distractions. I am Robert Wallace. And I am Michael McKeever. And our technology should be working now. Hopefully. So, very excited about that. Uh, this, these are, this is the readings for the second Sunday of Advent Year C, so December 9th, 2018. Um, and we're going to be doing uh, Malachi 3, 1 through 4. Yeah. I did not prepare uh, anything from the Apocrypha or yeah, Deuterocanonicals. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, then we're going to do Philippians 1, 3 to 11, and then both of our Luke passages, mm-hmm. uh, Luke 1, 68 to 79, and Luke 3, 1 to 6. So not only do I lose a psalm during yeah. Pente- Pentecost for Acts, I now lose a psalm during Advent for Luke. How long does <laughs> so, this go on? This doesn't. Does this keep going? Go, no. no, it doesn't keep going. No. Okay, this oh. is just a, I think a special dive, deep dive into uh, oh. into the, the. Well, actually, next week I lose the psalm in favor of Isaiah, and then I lose. Um, I do get a psalm, or we could do a Luke reading. So yeah. I'm scrolling ahead. Oh, we got a little bit more Philippians and uh, some yeah. more Hebrews. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> cannot figure out the theme here. Okay. Yeah. But hope that you will like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, send us an email. I know that uh, we've been interacting with folks, which is nice. I'm grateful for all the new listeners that we've had. Um, give us, those of you. Give us a rating. Give us a rating on uh, iTunes. Yeah, yeah. It Go helps. to iTunes it and helps. rating and give us a review and... Uh, thank you for those of you who have gone back and downloaded our entire catalog again. We had about three this week that went back and Is that right? started it. It's the apocalypse, Charlie Brown, and began moving forward. So. Yeah. It's almost like uh, telling someone who wants to read the Bible, maybe don't read those first chapters. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a little rough. <laughs> it's, we, we find our stride in midway year A, I think, or at least. Uh, yeah, I think it was where we stopped caring or something. I don't know. Something uh, happened. Yeah, but, l- l- uh, not self-conscious. We're in good, we're in good shape now. <laughs> at least we're in the shape we're going to be, whether it's good or not. This is who we are. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You, you don't, don't listen to the first album. Listen to the second album. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. So is all going well? I know you had a nice a snowstorm uh, this week. I had a snowstorm, had plants come down. I had a... Uh, I had a, a huge you had plants. You had well, plants it's come basically down? a tree. It's a twenty foot tall, um, skinny. Think... It looks like a Christmas tree. Okay, arbor vitae, or as everyone at the nursery says, as I was shopping for new ones, arbor vitae, arbor vitae. Ah. And uh, I had a neighbor help me push it back up. It was a, it was an amazing process. No one thought that that tree was ever going to come back, uh, tilt it back up, and it was a. It was a. It must have looked ridiculous, you know, all the levers and pulleys and 
boards and ladders I'm using to leverage it up. And this is like in about 20 degree weather and it's just caked in ice. So it's probably, <laughs> it's probably a, like an 800 pound tree that weighs at least double that now. And, it, and wow. it's, but it's right against our house. And if, and if we sell our house this spring, it looks horrible yeah. without that right there. So <laughs> I, I had to get it standing again and see if it lives. Wow. It's tethered That's to the amazing. house and I'm gonna anchor it with some rebar through the roots and <laughs> it was a one it's, it's no longer an actual tree anymore. Now it's a yeah, you know, I'll, it's I'll, a... I'll paint it green, whatever. That's after. right. That's right. Yeah, no, I woke up to that in our driveway yesterday. Whoops. So well, but it's fa- do you what still a great there? neighbor to help me. I mean, my yeah, goodness. that's terrific. Yeah. That is loving your neighbor. No, is my family, family my family uh, left. All my family left. Okay, so so you're gone again. I had yeah. lots of people in my house Thursday for Thanksgiving. About mm-hmm. I don't know twenty people, and then I had about twenty people on Saturday. So very different than before and after. Than know? one person. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So well, you know we we went to Disney, right? And so right. it was. It was different. I, I I had a couple of revelations. For a long time, I always talked about being at Disney World as uh, realized eschatology. Mm-hmm. The, that 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 sense of realized eschatology. If you're in a as cult, you go through it. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> the Disney cult. And uh, and then I started to realize as everyone was wishing me a happy Thanksgiving, and of course, in no way does it resemble or feel like Thanksgiving at all. Yeah, right? in I mean, Orlando. No. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing. Thanksgiving e other than the yeah. people who work there wishing you a Thanksgiving. Yeah, right. A- and I started to realize I-, I think I honestly had an 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 insight into what uh Tolkien was talking about in the way that in Rivendell and uh Lothlorien that time passes differently for the elves. Oh. That uh when you're when you're in the when you're there with the elves, the seasons go around you in the world around hmm. you in, in ways that, that you don't really find yourself aware of mm-hmm. and the elves kind of that's exactly what happens at Disney. It's it's oh. like being, hmm. it's like living being at Disney during the holidays is like living with the elves. You just don't okay. even notice it happening. Yeah. It's, it's the world is going on around, and they have their own sort of ways of marking seasons, but it's it's different. It's it's all it's all uh, crescendo at Disney. It's all good everything. all the time. All the time. Yeah. Everything. So good all it's the time. not like man, the you know the Christmas lights have really made. Christmas, uh, winter more endurable, tolerable, you know, it's no, not no. like that. No, it's all realized eschatology. But anyway, it was a great time. It was great to see family more than anything else, but, uh-huh. uh, great to watch Thomas perform and, and, uh, hang out with my, you know, mom and brother and sister-in-law and my wife and sons. And so it was good. It was a really good time. That sounds so, great. Oh. And travel was pretty well. I got the travel was delayed back. So I got back after midnight Saturday night and then preached Sunday morning. So oh. it was one of those times when I was really glad I was a manuscript preacher so I could just go through the sermon. Wow. Yeah. Was that <laughs> it went weather related delays? Uh, it was, but not from Orlando. Our plane was coming from New York, and so it was stuck up there. Okay. But everybody, but it wasn't the snow, but everybody in my family was racing the snow going back. Um, mm-hmm. Tom, Thomas and Daniel were landing in Milwaukee and trying to get down. And um, D- Thomas's bus was driving. You know, it's like a 25 hour bus trip or whatever. And, um, and they had to stop. They they basically got got there, but they had to fight their way through the snow. It was starting as they were arriving, and then of course yeah. I know you had classes canceled on Monday, and yeah, uh, schools were all canceled. So I, you know when it's closed in Chicago, it's a big deal. So this was the this was the densest snow I've ever experienced here in in, oh, wow. in nineteen years here. It's 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 
basically just like ice and it just yeah. sticks to everything. And they would, I just surprised more trees weren't down in my neighborhood. It was wow. incredibly heavy snow. So yeah, yeah, it was, it was intense. Well, that's news and weather. Yep. Uh, so did you want to do uh, Malachi? Malachi. Yeah. Let's do Malachi. Malachi All right. three. All right. The Italian pal. Prophet yes. Malachi. Malachi. Okay, right. three one. <laughs> That's the only place we dip in. <laughs> <laughs> we the lectionary are probably uh, probably the New Testament too. Yeah. yeah. All right. See, I'm sending my messenger to prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple, the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Indeed, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire and like fuller's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. He will purify the descendants of Levi and refine them like gold and silver until they present offerings to the Lord in righteousness. Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasing to the Lord as in the days of old, as in former years. All right. Oh, snap. Yeah, <laughs> we've got uh, Malachi is an unusual prophet in a number of ways, uh, a much later prophet, which is probably not surprising since it's last in the prophetic corpus. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget uh, who called it that, that it was the skirts of the New Testament. Um, yeah. It does not does not function that way in the Old Testament. No. Uh, in the Hebrew, I should say in the Hebrew Bible, right. the Hebrew, the Jewish uh, canon. It is, however, the last of the prophets. It is the seal of the prophets in the, it in is. the Jewish okay canon um the old testament obviously has it as the last book but uh it is uh, what a way it's unusual it is uh prose it is not poetry um so we don't have the that amazing glorious poetry that you have say in isaiah um this is narrative in fact the book is very um conversational it it almost uses a, a dialogue pattern right before this um, you get, uh, you know, you've wearied the Lord by your words, but you say, how have we wearied you by, mm-hmm. well, you've done, you know, yeah. you've robbed God, yeah. but you say, how are we robbing you? So they have this, this, um, yeah. call and response right. in it, which is kind of an unusual, uh, you don't see it anywhere else. And, and probably the only, mm-hmm. uh, place in the Bible where you have that kind of a dialogue, uh, format. Um, but yeah, you're right. This is one of the couple of places that we dip in here, um, that uh, Malachi 3, uh, I am sending my messenger, which is fascinating because that's exactly the same word as the name of the book. My messenger is Ah. Malachi. Ah. And so that has led people for years to debate, is Malachi a name or is is it I am sending my my messenger as the title of the book? Um, Could go either way. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. You see the same argument in Obadiah, where it means servant of the Lord. Um, mm. But we, we've seen prophets named Obadiah before. Um, this is the only, I think, Malachi that we find anywhere. Okay. Um, you have a hard time knowing exactly who is showing up here, because I am sending my messenger, the Lord, um, the messenger of the covenant, so I'm not sure who's showing up, the messenger of the yeah. Lord or the messenger of the covenant. <laughs> yeah. Um, but one of those three is coming, and when when they show up, boy, it's going to be something. Um, people have been, uh, well, people have been casual about their relationship with God. This is usually set in the Persian period. Uh, God is getting the whatever is left from uh, okay. the sacrifices 
Um, you know, we've got the old refrigerator we'll give to the church when we buy the new one. <laughs> Um, right. The, you know what? The youth will use that couch. Let's give them the old couch. Oh, man. Um, that's that's what we're getting in Malachi. They're getting the, you know what? We'll take the the firstborn and the first fruits. God can have the the defective one because it's just going to the, it's going to be sacrificed anyway. So might as well just let it. And and that's what God's like. You know what? Just no, I, mm-hmm. I, I'm not a priority here. This is a problem. Um, yeah. In fact, it, it's funny. You've wearied God with your words. Uh I've often wondered if that's not a riff off of Isaiah, you have wearied God by your iniquities. It's almost the same phrasing. Uh, um, and only Malachi takes it, you've wearied him with your words. But how have we wearied him with our words? Yeah. But yeah. Um, the, uh, the this passage obviously is picked because this Sunday is always John the Baptist. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've got that. Yeah. Uh, that's setting that up. Right. Um, right. Then the other the other place we quote from Malachi is when Elijah precedes the great day of the Lord, mm. and so those those are your two, okay. and those are the only two places you get in the New Testament, I think. Yeah. So yeah. Um, right. And, yeah. So this shows up and is mixed in really with the quote. It's actually conflated with the the Isaiah mm-hmm. quote Isaiah forty in the. Uh, I know it is in Mark and a little bit of this in in Luke also. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And and. I don't. Some people have talked about them. They 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 naturally overlap, and I forget why that would be the case. <laughs> I'm, hmm. sure, I'm not sure we've seen what the natural overlap is there. Yeah. So. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, this is this is a time of challenge. Um, Isaiah 40 is a time of comfort. Uh, this is this is a time when things aren't aren't as good. I mean, God is tired of being mocked and. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have a, th- this coming of the day of the Lord that's going to purify that and um, call, out the, call out the hypocrites, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, that's probably where that comes from. Yeah, well, definitely, boy, you can definitely see uh, how this applies to John and right. takes up some of these motifs for sure. Yeah. But it's fascinating that my messenger and the Lord and the messenger of the covenant are all the names for that who is coming, you know, the one who's coming. Um, cause you know, I'm sending my messenger to prepare my way for me. The Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple, the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. So I, I, I have a hard time sorting that out. Uh-huh. Um, and, and, and I, and a messenger ahead. sent before you right in now in, in Greek, that sounds like angel, angel of the Lord, you know, right. it sounds like both. Right. It sounds like word. Exodus, you know, uh, oh, it is. Yes. Imagery. It, now, is that so here? Yes. I mean, yeah. the my messenger to prepare the way before me is very much Exodus. Oh, gosh. I think it's Exodus 23. The, uh-huh. the my messenger will go before you. Right. Um, and so, yeah, absolutely. There's there is some. But but of course, in this, this is not an Exodus context. Mm-hmm. Exactly. This is different. Yeah. Um. So I, and I, I wonder if the messenger is preparing the way and then the Lord will suddenly come. And yeah. And then. God is the messenger of the company. I don't know. Yeah. I haven't quite figured out the roles here. Okay. I need a program or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, boy, it's hard not to read this through the lens of the New Testament. It's, it uh, is. Yeah. It, it is. Especially, yeah, it is. Since it's um, the only place we dip in and they use it so thoroughly in their own way, distinctive way. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's hard to, uh, uh, when, when people use text uh, well, it's hard to read them as they were originally heard. Yeah. And yeah. when they use them in later contexts. Mm-hmm. That is fascinating. Mm-hmm. Wow. 
Yeah, I've used Malachi a couple of times, but but and but only uh, never during stewardship emphasis. That's always been a commitment. Oh, okay. I was okay. beaten by Malachi as a child. You know, bring yeah. your whole tithe into the storehouse. Yeah. But um, yeah. no, I, I've always tried to use it in that sense of of priority. You know, or is God an afterthought, or is God you know yeah. the 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 priority and and that's Malachi's concern is that Israel is t- treating God like an afterthought here. Yeah. And, and uh, God's yeah. tired of it. Yeah. When you mentioned couches, I just taken I taken a mental inventory of couches in our Sunday school rooms. <laughs> so <laughs> I mean, I think if a uh, fire marshal ever walked through there, he's like, yeah. "We can't have this many couches in in yeah. one in one youth group." <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, we're looking to present offerings to the Lord in righteousness. I mean, righteousness is. You know, the Old Testament sense of righteousness is when things are as they ought to be. Mm-hmm. That is that is righteousness. Um, justice is when social relationships are as they ought to be in the Old Testament, um, which is probably why those are the same words in Greek, because yeah. they really there's a lot of overlap there. And so, you know, we're looking for you to do these things as you ought to do these things. Uh-huh. Um, and we're going to refine you until you do. <laughs> yeah. 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 A lot of a lot of uh, imagery of uh, refining metal, but he doesn't he doesn't go with the soap. He doesn't extend that no. metaphor. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. lather you up really good, <laughs> scrub you, wash the dirt off. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I'd prefer the filler soap uh, to the yeah. uh, the heat to the fire. Yeah, yeah. me too. Yeah, me yeah, too. John the Baptist skips the soapy part and just goes to the, the just goes fire. Right to the, yeah, go right to the fire. Yep, for well, sure. that's the good news. So. <laughs> That's the good news. Exactly. Yes. But John continued to preach. <laughs> yes, I know. Well, we pointed that out. I had one occasion of, to talk about that recently. Uh, oh, I know. Yeah, someone was talking about, don't mix all this social justice stuff with the gospel. And I just <laughs> I just quoted, you know, what John is preaching. And, and, and Luke's right. saying, and he continued to preach the good news. Oh, <laughs> right. <laughs> how foreign that is to... Uh, yeah, to some of our some of our churches, yeah. Well, you know, it's still I still come back to what would have happened if if the New Testament translators had opted for justice instead of righteousness on that Greek word. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, I think it. I don't know. I just think that Christian history would almost have to look different if you, you know, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for justice is right there in the Beatitudes because mm-hmm. we can so spiritualize righteousness, and yeah. we shouldn't because it's not a you know it's it's a word that has implications on the way in which we daily conduct ourselves uh-huh. but but we do and yeah. uh well it's probably committee committees shy away from that yeah stuff. That's, that's yeah beige you want to go with beige can we all agree on beige yeah, yeah okay beige. yeah we'll go with beige all right <laughs> that's true all right all right well philippians. let's see yeah let me scroll down to philippians here Philippians 1, 3 to 11. Now, once again, you say the beginning of the letter gives us the whole letter. So let's see what we got. Uh, well, see, that, um, that uh, when, you di- <laughs> when we, we're dipping in, I, I don't know the whole letter. But yeah, I know kind, kind of, sort of, you know. All right. Starting at verse 3. I thank my God every time I remember you, constantly praying with joy in every one of my prayers for all of you because of your sharing in the gospel from the first day until now. I am confident of this, that the one who began a good work among you will bring it to completion by the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to think this way about all of you, because you hold me in your heart, for all of you share in God's grace with me, both in my imprisonment and in my defense and confirmation of the gospel. 
For God is my witness how long for how I long for all of you with the compassion of Christ Jesus, and this is my prayer that your love may overflow more and more with knowledge and full insight to help you to determine what is best so that in the day of Christ you may be pure and blameless, having produced the harvest of righteousness or justice that comes through <laughs> Jesus Christ oh. for glory and praise of God. Yeah, long sentences. Uh, he's, yeah, he's given to this. But uh, yeah, so a thanksgiving and a prayer. It, it's amazing how different this tone is with this church than pretty much any other letter of Paul. You know, he's just... <laughs> Yeah. The opening here versus the opening of Galatians, for example. It's just, you know, there's some contrast. (laughs) Yeah. Galatians is the one letter where he skips this part. Right. Yeah. (laughs) When when you know it's supposed to be there, it says a lot when you skip it. Yeah. 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 That's that's as dramatic a contrast as you'll find. Philippians and... uh, And Galatians. Yeah. Galatians, for sure. Let's see. Uh, Oh, I was just scrolling somewhere in a source I have here. Yeah, yes. I was thinking about the, the this Thanksgiving. Thanksgivings in general. I was doing um, uh, Sunday school for this last mm-hmm. Sunday, and it's my and the the person I normally partner with was out of town, and thank goodness I was in town. We both been uh, kind of missing each other and, and alternating, and I thought, well, I'll just do something on Thanksgiving. So I printed off all the Thanksgivings of Paul. It's such a uh, yeah common theme and I looked it up and in in all of Greek literature he has the he's the one who per word he has the highest ratio of thanksgiving <laughs> in all of Greek literature so that's pretty I don't know if people would think that about Paul but he's taken something rather conventional and expanded it so that that tends to uh displace even those people who are writing letters hellenistic letters yeah, but he's yeah he is uh, and maybe he's a lightning rod for opinion. I don't think people necessarily think that about Paul, mm-hmm. you know, and and that would include some people in my Sunday school class. That's kind of why right. I, I made a point of uh, of um, having some questions as we reflect on the year, but also reading uh, Paul and thinking about uh, what what he gives thanks for. And it's it's pretty impressive. I think uh, it turned out that we didn't have Sunday school. I, I was I wasn't sure because there's usually so many so many relatives and visitors that uh, we're kind of in the, we kind of intentionally made my Sunday school kind of put it in a corner of the larger meet fellowship hall so that people could float over when they're through fellowshipping. Oh. Because we used to go off to a separate room, I thought that's not working for us. That's that that mm-hmm. makes a barrier. People have to choose between fellowship and the kind of continuation of fellowship we right. have that's a little bit more right. focused. Well, <coughs> excuse me, <clears throat> that works well, but uh, there was so much fellowship been going on because of this holiday that we never got there. So we may get back to Thanksgiving uh, next uh, next Sunday. <laughs> Uh, it's really, there's, it's really, a it'd be an interesting exercise. I think as we kind of go around a circle and share about our year and challenges right. and, and then read Paul's Thanksgivings and, and think about Paul, uh, as one who's, boy, this is really a touchstone for him. Yeah. 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 And there are people like this, you know, you read, you read Paul and you, you think, oh, he's praying what I've never, you know, ceased praying for you, constantly praying for you with joy, or ceaselessly praying for you, or day and night praying for you. And you think, well, does that, you know, does that mean? But there are people like this. You know, yeah. I met a friend at, in Denver uh, at the uh, Society of Biblical Literature meeting, and I hadn't been running into a lot of people. And I was coming back, it was the last day, and I thought, 
I was just praying on the corner before I crossed the street to go to the convention. I said, Lord, I have not encountered many people. I really need to, you know, meet some of these people I look forward to meeting all so so long. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was this person I met um, right at the beginning of my PhD program, right at the beginning of his PhD program. Uh, he, I think I mentioned him before. He, he wrote the uh, the uh, introduction to spirituality for uh, Brazos. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he he lives in Colorado, so I was hoping to see him. And uh, as I'm as just finished that prayer, and then I see him, I see him, and I've been trying to connect <laughs> with him because I've been uh, messaging his daughters, like, is is Evan here? Or, you know, I really want to catch up with him. And she was messaging him, and she was actually she he was responding to one of her texts. He said, "If you see him, give my dad a hug." And I got up behind him and gave him a big hug while he's answering <laughs> his uh, his uh, daughter. So. Um, we had coffee, and he said, you know, it was just one of those things you could just pick it up, uh, even though it had been years, you could pick it right, up. Right, right. And although he doesn't correspond with me, he said, you know, every time I see you post online, I pray for you. You know, I pray, and and, and I know that's true for a lot of people. They Every time mm-hmm. they see what I post online, <laughs> they pray for me. Yes, but but yes. he meant this in a good way. <laughs> I, I haven't done it every time, but there have been several times you've posted that I've prayed for you. Yes. <laughs> yes. I know people do that. That's why I posted that comic I did today. <laughs> but, yeah, it's like, wow, that's that's amazing to me. And I know he absolutely does that. He's so... He's so uh, disciplined that way, and it's yeah. so comes so naturally to him. So, uh, I think about him, you know, as as Paul in this this um, this congregation that he they're co laborers with him. They're they've gone through things together, mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. it's good. I mean, it's it's definitely good, but there are hints of probably some problems not in the relationship with Paul. That's that's what's right. unusual. They don't have a problem with Paul. But Paul's aware of some problems, some internal things that might be going on. So he's highlighting their um, work as co-laborers, and mm-hmm. um, and he's doing that to model that for some a couple of possibly uh, women in the congregation who are who are leaders in the church who aren't getting along so well. So uh, unusual in the in Paul's corpus that you have a, a congregation in, in good fellowship and good relationship with Paul, but uh, mm-hmm. there are some things that might. Uh, he needs to uh, address, um, but yeah, it's it's really characterized by joy and uh, uh, highlighting the past. And I think there's something for for going through something or, or working together. I mean, that yeah. that creates a certain bond. I talk about, you know, I sent a, I was sending a a thank you, my own thank you, to my neighbor who helped me with this this tree mm-hmm. yesterday. I mean, how many people can you go and say, hey? I got this harebrained screen, scheme for yeah. for lifting my tree back up. Why don't you come out in the twenty degree weather, in the wind, and help me? And so it's like I said, I said, Perry, you know, thanks for helping me. Uh, yeah. You know, I think uh, I think it was a Christmas miracle, or or we, you saved Christmas. It was one of those. I wasn't sure which. Yeah. I said Could go either way. Said I don't I don't care what people say. You're a good egg, and uh, <laughs> I owe you an eggnog. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's, I can't think of many people other than my brothers who would like <laughs> go out there and do, it was miserable, but we succeeded, you know, right, uh, going right. through things like that periodically. Uh, for men, that's huge. That's huge. Yeah, you yeah. know, well, we don't talk to each other, but we do things together and we suffer together and therefore we are, you know, friends mm-hmm. and we love each other, you know, but uh, yeah, that, but I think that's not just a male thing. It's a common thing. So Paul mm-hmm. is really highlighting that, the, this co-laboring, there's a lot of... Um, 
fellow and co-language that uh, their lives overlap with his. And, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, he's thankful for that. I think it's genuine. I don't think it's contrived. It is, uh, it is, it is artful and literary, but it is, it's genuine. I don't think there's any reason not to believe that because you see this all the way through. And if it wasn't genuine, then maybe he would have written something like that to the Galatians, but he right. couldn't That's genuinely right. be thankful for the Galatians. No. That's a nice uh, calibration for his, uh, for his writing, for yeah. his writing, I think, and, and think about it that way. But uh, I do think this is genuine. And then he, and then he prays for them, and this is his prayer. That uh, I think I read this in a few versions. It's 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 helpful to read uh, Paul's very dense prayers and in several versions. That your love may overflow more and more with knowledge and and full insight. That is uh, an intelligent. Let's see, someone called it a what do they call it? I think. Oh, I've got it here. Uh, an intelligent and perceptive love. I go. Well, that's nice. That I'm going to have mm. to chew on that one. That's. Uh, mm. That's a that's a good prayer. That's weighty. That is a good prayer. Something to think about. Wow, you know, an intelligent and perceptive love. That's a yeah, nice, yeah. That's a nice translation of that. Yeah, more and more. I think that's this is from. Uh, uh, oh, it's from the Word, Gerald. Uh, who is it? Oh gosh, it's really it's a really good volume on Philippians in the in oh, the yeah. Word commentary. Uh, Gerald Hawthorne. It's it's excellent. You know, series are up and down, but that's a really good one. Oh. Um, Let's see. It may overflow with more knowledge and insight to help you determine what is best. Make good choices. <laughs> yeah. Make good choices, Philippians. And he gives uh, thanks. Uh, it's both looking both backwards and forwards, typically. Thanksgivings and his prayers. So there's a there's a work on this. I, I remember coming across it years ago in the book displays in, in uh, SBL. It was about Thanksgiving and kind of overlooked theme in Paul's writings. And I just looked it up because I wanted to read a few reviews on it. And uh, what this person is arguing is that Paul, is, although this is a Hellenistic convention, Paul's really rooting it in uh, covenantal thanksgiving and worship mm-hmm. and and God's actions in the past. Uh, but he does get in into his final chapter to, seems like Paul always includes eschatology in here somehow. So he's both modeling uh, something about, this is a continuation of uh, Israel's thanksgiving for God's mm-hmm. covenantal mm-hmm. faithfulness and mercy and love. But it's also always seemingly there's a, a, a future um, eschatological element. So certainly find that in the prayer here. So in the day of Christ, you may be pure and blameless, um, having produced the harvest of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ for the glory and praise of God. So yeah, yeah very meaningful prayers about uh, the purity and love and, 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 and uh, intelligence and, mm-hmm. and doing things, doing good deeds that are rooted in love. Uh, Perception. It's a wonderful prayer for a community. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it is. Uh, it's something he can he can pray it and rejoice that he's already you know participated in it, and so that they can continue in this and uh, and get over maybe this this bumpy patch that some people are having in the congregation. So, he's a model. I mean, pastoral prayer. My goodness, uh, mm-hmm. theological depth and genuine uh, uh, genuine concern and uh, and uh, profundity. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a. I, I actually uh, was looking forward to what what we would find as we read these prayers together uh, in church, and we didn't do that. So that's I think it's one of the reasons I'm not gonna I'm not gonna just uh, uh, skip it. I'm gonna go back to this in Sunday school probably. Yeah, I'm, uh, I, I kind of wet my appetite for for looking at Paul's Thanksgivings. That can also be nice calibrating <laughs> for our ourselves not just Paul's yeah. writing. Well yeah. yeah, yeah, Thanksgiving, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 
I love that. I love that's my one of my favorite. If it's probably my favorite holiday because, you know, it's not about stuff. I, that's the yeah. ne- that's the next day, <laughs> right. Black right. Friday, but it's it is really a time to to pause and to to reflect and and the family gatherings are not focused on stuff. It's a lot of reu- yeah. reunions. Uh, I think the genius of it also is that it's on a Thursday, so you have to take Friday off. And <laughs> <laughs> so. It's a good move. It's a, yeah, to make a four-day pause for that sort of thing is fantastic. Thanks, Denise. Yeah. Reading in Church is proud to partner with Audible.com. For you, the listeners of this podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. They have over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, MP3 player. Surely you can find something interesting in all of that. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash readinginchurch. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash readinginchurch for your free audiobook. Go there today. All right. Were well, you ready for Luke? Let's see. Yeah. So we Speaking have scroll, people who are thankful. Scroll back. So the psalm is Luke. <laughs> yes. I love that. The psalm, psalm comes from Luke. Psalm, Luke 1. <laughs> as opposed to the other psalms, which come from Acts. Uh, <laughs> that's, yeah. And that's true. The Pentecost psalms come oh. from Acts, but this Advent psalm comes from Luke. All right. Well, yeah. It's like, what do we do with Luke? He's written so much. Well, we'll bump a few psalms. <laughs> Thanks. You know, I've got some psalms you could bump. I don't know why we kept some of the ones we did. Uh-huh. Anyway. Yeah. Let's start at verse 68. Mm-hmm. Uh, blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has looked favorably on his people and redeemed them. This is Zechari- has, Zechariah talking fi- Ze- finally. Finally talking. Yeah. He has raised up a mighty Savior for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke through the mouth of his holy prophets from of, from old, from of old, that we would be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. Thus he has shown the mercy promised to our ancestors and has remembered his holy covenant. The oath that he swore to our ancestor Abraham to grant us that we, being rescued from the hands of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the forgiveness of their sins, by the tender mercy of our God. The dawn from on high will break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. Okay, well, you know, between Paul and Zechariah, this is a this is gonna be a real rap battle here. These guys are yeah. some pretty pretty good Thanksgiving going on. Well, the the good news for Zechariah is he's finally caught up. Yeah, right? yeah, he's, he, he's, a, he's, a, been, he's a little behind. But he's been waiting. He's been waiting he's for up. this. He's caught right. up now. Been writing on his little tablet, and he's got got this all sketched out. Yeah, right. Yeah, so this is um, this is on the heels of this p- protracted period of. Uh, of silence, where he is struck uh, mute, uh, which is a poetic justice for being such a knucklehead, imperceptive. So, uh, uh, blindness and uh, and deafness, which would include muteness in that time, are kind of themes that are woven all the way throughout Luke. As uh, he's 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 partly answering why why did so many people not recognize uh, this new thing that God is doing? Why are so many of God's people um, um, failing to embrace this thing. He's both showing positive examples of uh, people who perceive and get this new chapter in salvation and how that's woven into—it's not new, but it's a new chapter of salvation. It's, it's a continuation of his promises to Abraham and David, as, as Zechariah has helpfully pointed out for us here. Yes. Uh, but uh, And many people recognize that, and why do, why do many people not recognize that? So it's— 
it's uh, you see this from the very beginning and he's kind of one who embodies that um that divide in that he's initially Zechariah is initially imperceptive but then he's transformed so he's one mm-hmm. it's good to have a character like that in your story you know who uh, yeah. you can identify with who's uh who struggles and and uh uh makes the transition so this is that point you know where he's uh he's given voice to that as uh they have just before this named the baby uh, John, as opposed to the the uh, the push by relatives to name him uh, Zechariah. Uh, mm-hmm. So that was in fulfillment. That's uh, that's obedience to what the angel said, uh, and uh, so his tongue is loosed. And uh, just before this, this is something you commonly see in Luke is that the, everyone's asking a question. It says, and and they named him John, and Zechariah's tongue was loosed. And he prophesied, and then it, the response is everyone wondered what this child will be. Well, then you hear what Zechariah prophesied. So that happens mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah, he's asked the question. So it's like a like an infomercial a little bit. It's like right. what you know? Tell me more you know, about this child. Vinyl sighting. Tell me more. I'm glad you asked. Yeah, it's very much like that, and it's it's helpful. So um, this is one of the songs, one of three songs that you find in the infancy narratives. Um, you have the song of Mary or the, uh, Magnificat. Magnificat. Yeah. And, uh, it's a song of Zechariah, the Benedictus. Benedictus. Usually, you know, they're based on the, uh, first, first word in the Latin translation. And then, uh, Simeon's song, which is the, uh, Nuc Dimittis, now dismiss me, Lord. So, mm-hmm. And these are an analogy. A Greek analogy would be a, a Greek chorus in a play where the plot stops and it's commentary. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a musical. You know? <laughs> Luke is a musical. Luke is a music. The first few chapters are musical. It is. They are. Yeah. And and musicals are helpful. You know, I was just listening to uh, the first two songs they released from the new Mary Poppins. You know, and, oh, I, uh, I haven't heard those yet. Lin Manuel Miranda is. Uh, yeah. Is Dick Van Dyke's character? I I take it from the song. Well, not exactly. He's a no? new. Okay. He's a different character. Okay. He's a candlelighter. Yeah. The candlelighter. Yeah. Well, it's it's uh, it's that's what the, that song's about. You loved listening to it. It's a great job. Uh, they've really got the tone right, but realize the plot stops at that point, and you yeah. get uh, a, a deep dive into th- themes and characters and ex- explanatory. This is a. This is a continuation that of a story that some people understand and some people don't get. But you just reminded me, um, there's a there is a musical, and I haven't seen the musical. And actually, most of the music I find to be pretty average. But there's a musical called Something Rotten, and there's one song in this musical called It's a Musical. Oh. And and the premise of this, I think, is that we have these people who are basically contemporaries of Shakespeare. <laughs> And this guy is is thinking of writing a play, and he starts having visions of what the future is like, oh. and and he says, "Wait, I'm having he's having this vision of it's a musical. People will start just singing without mm-hmm. any explanation at all. Oh. They just begin to sing, and the and then of course the guy listening to him says, well, that's the stupidest thing that I have ever heard.' And then the <laughs> yeah. whole thing goes yeah. into this whole musical, right. and they basically spoof." I mean, in the song about musicals, they they deal with what a musical is and what it does, and and they make fun of Les Mis, and they make fun of mm. Chorus Line, and they mm-hmm. make fun of Annie, and they make right. fun of Rent, and they make and it's all you have to know the musicals before you get all that. Yeah. But but it's just really funny how they talk. They're yeah. talking about how a musical functions. Right. In, in the middle of this musical. So. <laughs> well, I so. should remember that I am. We were have been talking about Revelation and how you don't 
You can't really oh. read Revelation without knowing yeah, what yeah. it's doing. It, it, you know what? This would really work for that. That would, because... that would probably work. Um, yeah. I noticed someone posted online who's teaching. You think he's teaching Revelation next semester, and he's, he usually begins with a song. <laughs> yeah. It's not a, bad, not a bad start, but some of the ones on his list wouldn't, wouldn't be too explanatory. I think, I think something like that would be like you could just play it and go, what, yeah. wh- what's happening here, you know? Right, right. Yeah. So that's—yeah, musicals are, are, are weird if you don't have a tradition of those. You know, like, right. You're like, what are they doing? That's it. It's a thing, <laughs> you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> And then, then, well, they also make fun about that. And then sometimes there's a dance break. And yeah. says, it's, it's right? called a dance break. Yeah. Well, yeah. does it advance the character? Not yeah. necessarily. Does it move the plot? Not really, no. No, but everybody gets to dance. Everybody loves it. Yeah. <laughs> so right. You really well, ought to hear the song. It, I mean, you'll laugh hysterically. Well, when you, when you hear the new Disney uh, songs... There's long musical breaks. So like, oh, they're dancing, you know, because right. it's not right. showing. It's not showing the film. You, you but don't need it's like, ah, eh, they're you know jumping over chimneys and right. <laughs> swinging around right. light posts and stuff. Right. You know, right? What like they used to do like, back then? Like you do yeah. right? <laughs> when you've got a entry level job like that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, but or several. So yeah. here we've got the Bible breaking into song all the way. Yeah, through. yeah, and that's these would be prophetic songs. So. The Bible has a tradition of that. It's like this. Eh, spirit, spirit shows up. It's a musical. <laughs> it <laughs> <You> is. <know? laughs> well, we talked about last year. I mean, I love that that you know I never put together that the heavenly host is actually an army that shows up and begins singing. Yeah. I mean, uh-huh. it really. Yeah. It, that could it, happen it, in a musical. Yeah. <laughs> it really is Les Mis all of a sudden, right? It's you know, yeah. One day more is going on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or so, uh, I was. I've, have you seen the Coen Brothers' Hail Caesar? I have not. I've not. I've seen bits of it, but I haven't seen the whole. That's thing. That's very much a, a kind of kind of a subverting or, or deconstructing or parody of of a lot of different Hollywood dramas. But one is a bunch of soldiers singing. It's like, you know, uh, yeah. Only in a musical would you would you find that. So, right. Yeah, a spirit shows up. It's a. It becomes a musical. So, is your church like a musical? You need it. People need to ask themselves that. And <laughs> say whether God is showing up. So yeah. for me, I knew that it, it, the church I went to, I knew that, uh, I knew that God showed up when people actually touched each other or hugged pe- each other. Oh, <laughs> really? Like, bunch of, bunch well, of introverts, huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, that doesn't normally happen. That must be God showing up, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So this is a, uh, a number of songs, which, and you think it's going to be a musical and it's not a musical. It's a long, it's a long narrative, but it need it needs these narrative asides because it's like, what is this story? This story is pointing, does a, spends a lot of time pointing back to saying, this isn't a new thing. This is the mm-hmm. continuation of the promises that uh, God has has made to his people. And his people's going to get, you know, one of those promises is that Abraham's going to bless the whole earth. So it's going to get big, you know, it's going to get broad. And That's uh, probably an, an important point to a, in a gospel that is probably aimed at Gentiles, right? Uh-huh. That, that, yeah. that this is not a new thing that, that, we're continuing a long story that you're a part of yeah uh in this story so yeah and and in his prologue to you know very very greek sounding theophilus he's saying it's it's in a it's a uh, orderly account and the orderly mm-hmm. is not it's not chronological but it is ex- explanatory so mm-hmm. just like in this little scene he's already prophesied people have asked the question now you're going to answer, you know, what, yeah. did, what did he prophesy? Right. And it tells you what this child should be. Their question is, what shall this child be, you know? And like Mary's song, uh, the, half of it 
has to do with um, the nation, you know, we mm-hmm. being, you know, God's people. And then it gets more personal uh, towards John at the end. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Mary's goes. I forget the whether other or, way, isn't it? Yeah, that might be the might be the other way. Yeah. Um, but they're always interweaving these, and and really, uh, it's a very parallel account. The first two chapters of uh, announcements of births, uh, response, um, birth. And then uh, childhood, or kind of closes off with, uh, and they grew up. But th- it couldn't be perfectly parallel because Mary responded positively, and Zechariah didn't. didn't. So he he right. couldn't say anything. So his his silence is kind of uh, his response is deferred until until yeah. obedience. But it really does change and and focuses more on John in seventy six. Um, this larger story has become as you put a human face on it as as. John is going to carry that forward, and you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High. And sounds like Malachi, you'll go before the Lord, prepare his right. ways, right, to give knowledge. Uh, go ahead. I was just going to say that, so Mary, Mary's song comes before this, and I think you're right. She focuses on Jesus to nation, and then Zechariah focuses on nation to John, Yeah, and then brings us into the story. That's that's really kind of a neat chiasm in the songs there. It, it, it's interesting, yeah. It, it should have been, I mean, Zechariah's song should have been first if you're following right. the, the parallel. So the, the parallelism points out the distinction of these characters, yeah. Yeah. To give the knowledge of salvation to his people, forgiveness of sins by the tender mercy of our God. Very, lots of covenant language, Abraham right. and David. Uh, the dawn from on high will break upon us. A lot of uh, light and darkness uh, imagery to give light. And this is where that actually begins, uh, um, which is a thoroughgoing thing about light and darkness in, in, in Luke. Here's where it starts with the, starts with the song. <laughs> to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. There's some heavy stuff about Israel. Israel sitting in darkness in the shadow of death uh, so that we, we may, uh, talking about being delivered from our enemies, the, all, the hand mm-hmm. of all those who hate us. This is interesting things for a priest to be saying. Yeah. Um, that may foreshadow a little bit about uh, things aren't hunky-dory in the uh, whole mm-hmm. uh, priest and temple uh, system. So it's uh, it's interesting. And I've always wondered if there's uh, there's hints of the Gentiles for those who sit in darkness uh, mm-hmm. have seen a great light is something... Um, uh, I'm thinking, you know, I always get to this, and I think, I should look up, where is that? And I can't remember where that is. I always think there's a hint of Gentiles there, but that's Gentiles aren't really explicit in the picture yet, um, mm-hmm. although there might be some hints of that uh, here. But that very much kind of flows into the uh, the Malachi language and the uh, the Isaiah 40 language we're going to hear in the... In yeah. the other, uh, in the other reading, and there's one more verse in John's story, and that is he's in the wilderness, and uh, let's see, let me pull that up. I don't have my text there, uh, so he gets one verse for talking about his childhood. Um, let's see, Ooh, where'd that go? Uh, the child grew and became strong in spirit, and he was in the wilderness until the day he appeared publicly to Israel. Mm-hmm. So um, these are very parallel accounts between John and Jesus, but John gets one verse, and Jesus gets a story of him as a twelve-year-old. They both characterize their growth and and God being with them. But so they're parallel accounts, 
And but it's also saying Jesus is it's parallel so that you know that Jesus is greater. So you can do the mm-hmm. comparison. So that's one of the things about the song too. It's saying John's greatness is that he's going before the Lord. Whereas right. Jesus, things said about Jesus is that he's just kind of great in and of himself. So I was just checking the because uh, I knew Isaiah nine, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. Uh-huh. Um and because I was you mentioned is there anything yeah. Gentile there? There is actually. Is um, that if you back up to verse one, uh, there'll be no more gloom for those who are in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun, the land of Natali, but in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations uh, by the by the way of oh, the sea beyond the Jordan. Okay. Yeah. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. I'm wondering so. if that might be quoted in Matthew. It, it is. seems like it. Yeah, yeah. It seems it like is. it's it's in the Gospels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it, it's hinted at, and then in the next song, it becomes explicit that Gentiles are included in this covenant faithfulness, and that's where you get the first uh, hint of opposition. You know, that's okay. it's like, and, and then the sword's going to pierce your heart also, you know. It's like, it's when, it's when others are included in God's goodness that that's when people push back. And that's Luke's explanation for why... Many Jews believe and many don't. It's like, I don't want to go to that party if those people are coming. You know, that's yeah. the image you'll see uh, frequently throughout throughout Luke Acts. Interesting. It's interesting. I noticed, you know, when I was just musing on writing something, you know, in my dissertation or, or focusing on writing something in, um, in Luke, um, that John's story started in the temple and ended in the wilderness, okay? And that got me thinking about, well, that's intentional. Those are two mm-hmm. opposite spaces, and that's a kind of a spatial um, archetypal transposition of this sort of mm-hmm. thing you see in Luke of uh, uh, double reversals, that things are exalted and things are uh, brought down. And that that helped me understand what Luke was doing with the temple, that he's doing yeah. something interesting there. And he's kind of an odd thing for a priest to start his ministry in the wilderness. Uh, that says something over against uh, Jerusalem, as mm-hmm. we'll see mm-hmm. uh, when we're reading the beginning of John's ministry. So then you leave off John in the wilderness, and then it takes up that portion of uh, the rest of Jesus' story at this point. Well, do you want to jump to the to yep. that in Luke 3? Let's yeah. do that. Let's look at Luke that. 3, 1 to 6. In the 15th year of the reign of Emperor Tiberius, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea and Herod was ruler of Galilee and his brother Philip, ruler of the region of Ituria and, oh, wow, Trachonitis. Yeah. Is yeah. that, a, that feels like an inflammation of the trachonitis? Yeah, it didn't um, sound good. Take, take uh, this. You need some <laughs> antibiotics for that. And uh, Lysi- oh, Lysanias, Lysanias, ruler of Abilene. I've been there, but oh, um, okay. Abilene, uh, it's just west of uh, Fort Worth. Um, during <laughs> okay. the high priesthood okay. of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of, the, of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. He went into all the region around the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of the prophet Isaiah, the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled, every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and rough ways made smooth, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. All right. 
So you get Isaiah 40 in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, but you get mm-hmm. more of Isaiah 40. You get, uh, you just get the voice of one crying in the wilderness part. Uh, Luke goes on because it fits his uh, mm-hmm. his motif of transposition, things being uh, exalted and things being brought low. Um, it fits with his journey motif about the way of the Lord. Uh, just it's just more of that that image of uh, preparing the way and. Uh, it, that's an extended metaphor in in Isaiah, so Luke just takes up more of that, as he does with uh, themes that are found in the other Gospels, that he just does more with them. And certainly the way of the Lord is is one of those, uh, uh, the journeys and the Christians being talked about as those on the way, or the first name for the Christians, yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is set in a... Um, a big context. This is not un, this is not unusual for how you would introduce a prophet, right? Uh, who's king uh, in a in a in a Jewish context? You know, in That's the true. in the year you know, the year of this king or the year that you know this king died. You know, for Isaiah. Um, but these are Gentiles, uh, and this is one of the ways that Luke periodically reminds, even at the beginning of the story, that this is a big story. So Jesus is in Bethlehem because it's a worldwide census, okay? Mm-hmm. So his birth is not, you know, the, when the backdrop is the world, that says something about the story, you know, the mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, the staging of the play. The backdrop is important, you know, because right. you may not actually talk about that, but it's going to inform everything that's going on in the, in the drama. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, whereas, you know, I think all the Gospels do that, and, and uh, Matthew would include in his infancy narratives uh, wise guys coming with their gifts, you know, sure. from afar, Gentiles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Luke sets it in a, in a larger context, and that he does that again with the beginning of uh, John's ministry here. Uh, uh, the Word of God, you know, bypasses all those people, just like, Jesus' birth is set in the worldwide census, and you hear of all these rulers, and the message is announced to shepherds, you know, out out in the field. So, well, that's what's happening here, right? You've got an emperor, you've got governors, you've got other governors, you've got the high priesthood, uh, and the word comes to John in the wilderness. Yeah, right. And you know? so, kind of a kind of a bypassing or subverting that whole power structure. And although, let's see, uh, yeah, so he's talking about Gentile rulers, and then he's talking about must be talking about the priesthood in some sort of dynastic sense, or in the sense that we still talk about presidents after mm-hmm. their term as presidents. And this may be more uh, probably continuing influence of the previous high priest. You get a little bit of that, and that'll be more—you'll see more of that in the trial of Jesus, okay, later. Um, but all of these, both Jewish and Gentile leaders and— uh, Political and religious are bypassed, and the Word of God comes to John, who is in the wilderness, um, but he's doing things in the wilderness that's not so far away from Jerusalem that Jerusalem's unaware of that. Right. It's a context for, for revolution, political revolution, but also it's saying something over against Jerusalem. Why are you doing these washings and purifications in the wilderness and not in the temple, you know? Mm-hmm. And when they... Uh, you know, a son of a priest does that, a son of a priest with exemplary credentials, and that's saying often there's something being said over against Jerusalem, or God is doing a new thing like he did in the beginning, you know, in the Exodus, uh, in the wilderness, that uh, uh, he is creating a new people 
even so, that's saying something over against, oh. because he really needs a new people, you know, over against the uh, the temple in Jerusalem. Well, so. I have never, I mean, you made it that comment in passing, but that's one of the things, the reasons I love about this podcast, you will say something I've never heard before or yeah. thought of before. I have never put together, I mean, it is, you know, Luke who says in Acts that the early Christians were called the way. I never put together, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight as a as a possible pun. It's... I, I, it's such I, a long narrative. It just, you know, it, it's real easy to to lose those those narrative themes when you're reading War and Peace, you know. Yeah, it's right. So long. It's it's like almost a third of our New Testament. So it's just Luke Acts, as you're saying. Yeah, yeah. it's twenty seven percent of our New Testament. So it, it's a long and involved um, story. <laughs> Never put that together. Prepare yeah. the way of the Lord. That, that there's a pun going on there. Um, yeah, all these all these journeys and all these uh, wordplay and mm-hmm, you know the mm-hmm. Mary takes four journeys in the first in the beginning of uh, in the in the Christmas stories or the infancy narratives and uh, Jesus takes this long journey and then Paul takes these journeys you know we have these in in back in the day of analog Bibles you turn to the back and see hey there's a map of Paul's journeys well it's like right. that's what a Christian does you know that's mm-hmm. kind of embodiment of of the way, you know, the thing that God is doing. Uh, and that word is in Exodus, you know, hadas is, uh, yeah. so it is, it's old and it's new and it's continuation of that story. So, yeah. Yeah. That that's Exodus, the way out. Yeah. Is Exodus the, is mm-hmm. where Exodus comes from. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You said that kind of quick. I wasn't sure if people would catch it, but yeah. Yes. Yeah. Exodus. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they'd have in, in movie theaters above the doors. The ex, ex, <laughs> Exodus. Yes. Yeah. This way to the great egress. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. And, and of course, um, Isaiah 40 is, is using Exodus yeah. language it to, is. to talk it is. about this, this new chapter of God's salvation. So, um, and he'll he'll use you know uh, jubilee language you know they'll he'll mm-hmm. use say it's going to be like a new jubilee it's going to be like a new exodus and and people were thinking in those terms those are those are uh, and we're going to have a new people in the wilderness and yeah, we're going to have that's a, yeah. that's where God creates people that's where God right. creates people his his people so yeah at this uh, and then this this. Uh, exalting things and bringing things down, which would be normally, you know, smoothing a path, maybe in front mm-hmm. of a, uh, a, a king, you know, there's not, there's not good <laughs> roads and good enough for us, but if the king's going to come, you're probably going to, yeah. probably going to repave the road, you know, fill the potholes. Uh, up. Literally people might've gone, r- gone ahead of a, a, a king like this. So, but there's this, uh, on the one hand, you have this big, this big world stage, uh, and these, these, powerful people are being bypassed, but it's also a very inclusive universal mission is what it's saying. It's, it frames it in terms of uh, world rulers and then ends with uh, all flesh shall see the salvation of God. So it's a... Using thoroughly Jewish metaphors. Yeah, yeah. Thoroughly yeah. Jewish metaphors to talk about the encompassing universalistic nature of God's salvation. That's really, you that's know... That's clever. That's like... Uh, that's beating the team in their own stadium, you know. That's yeah. a, that's a, that's a winning on the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, literally on the road. Oh well, man, it, that's good. It, look at you. Look it at reminds you. me of the um, reminds me of Herman Herman Gunkel. You know, Herman Gunkel was one of the most. He's he's for me, he's the most significant Old Testament scholar of the 20th century. That, oh, it's a, with a name like Gunkel, he well, better be lose, good, right? 
Mm-hmm. Um, but he, you know, he invented form criticism. Mm-hmm. And as I tell the students, even the people who disagreed with him later used his method to disagree with him. At that point, yeah. you've won the argument. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so you, you win. You're winning. He's using, you know, these these Jewish images to show that the that the salvation has come for everyone. It's hard to right. It's hard hard to argue. You're right. He's winning this argument already. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're typing about the uh, invasive nature of technology, or on your on your iPhone, you know, or you're mm, posting right, on, on right. Facebook, you know, social media well, is taking over our life. Someone had that. Uh, someone had a personalized license plate to talk about uh, why taxation was bad. I thought, wow, yeah, they they paid extra taxes <laughs> on a, on to show yeah. how they how they don't want to don't want taxes for their, van- their vanity for their vanity plate their vanity plate. Yeah, so. <laughs> That's, You've already lost, dude. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll pay the extra twenty five for that. Right. Right. <laughs> okay. Right. You've already lost the argument. So Yeah. So I you know, I know Herod and I know Philip and I know Pontius Pilate. I did not know Lysanius or Trachonitis. No, that's regions Trachonitis. Lysanius yeah. is the person. He's pretty thorough. Yeah. When when Joel Green and I did our survey. To go all the way to Texas to pick up the governor—that's a big deal. Yeah, this, so. is, this is a big, this is a big, big story. <laughs> and you know yeah. how big things are in Texas. Sure, Wait, sure. Wh- I don't, don't know why you pick Abilene, but sure, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, <don't, laughs> you know. I have no idea. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Some of these. Uh, the thing is, he's he includes all these people, and then, and then commentaries and and surveys of the field, like like we did. You have to go. Oh, okay, okay. What's the debate about this that no one cares about, but everyone right. talks about? And right. <laughs> right. So, I, what is it? Not it's not this one, but it's when another another Luke- person was ruling, was governor of this region, going, "Wait, wait a minute, he wasn't governor then." It's like, oh boy, I, I can remember getting deep into the you know the German literature in the in the in the Berkeley Library when we're writing this, like. I don't care about this. No one who reads this is going to care about this. But right. I have to put this in a survey of Greeks right. of Luke scholarship. Right. As you sit there, anytime you say, I'm in the German section of the Berkeley Library, you're questioning exactly what you've chosen to do with your life. Yeah, I know. So. It's nice outside, and here I am. You know, <laughs> I said to someone, yes, I mean, literally said to someone yesterday, I've never met anyone with a PhD who said to me, yeah, you know what? I'd do it again. I do it again. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. I've never met anyone that I no. could take seriously that I that right. said that to me. Right. <laughs> yeah. And and if uh, if they were inclined to say that if they're married they would never utter that out loud. <laughs> Not out loud. Not out loud. No. No. Because no. I mean, you end up saying things like I was in the German section of the Berkeley Library or yeah. something I said a couple of weeks ago while I was surveying Middle Eastern marriage contracts. <laughs> yeah. Middle Middle Bronze oh, Age marriage my contracts. Goodness. Yeah. It's like what what are you doing with your life, Robert? Oh, Seriously. It is, it is yeah, those are those are questions you definitely ask. It's like what what led me to this point? <laughs> well, following the way, that's what did it. It I brought guess. us all over on this journey that we're on. So. Remember that time you were playing kickball and you were four and you thought, you know what I really like to do with my life? <laughs> no. No, I don't remember. Yeah, I don't that remember time. that either. Yeah. So anyway. Oh, well, I, I have no doubt that we're going to have fun talking about Luke this year because yeah. of your love for it and of my love for it. Yeah. I mean, I really do like Luke a lot. So <laughs> he's, he's muscling his way into our readings. He's like taking over. Yeah, this. yeah he's even taking my psalm. So uh, I don't know how I feel uh, about that. 
He's like, like a third of our New Testament and half of our readings this week. <laughs> and half of our Psalms in the year. Yeah. So, oh. Uh, well, thanks for listening this week. I hope that you had a good week. I hope that your Advent uh, is going well. I hope that you find hope in this season of hope mm. uh, and yes. as, as we go through. Um, remember to follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, tell a friend about us. Have a great week. Have a great week. Blessings. Blessings to you.